Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and I am excited to talk to you today about carbohydrates. Carbs. Carbs are our friend. But unfortunately, sometimes we don't feel like carbs are our friend. And I think there's a lot of confusion around carbohydrates, good carbs, bad carbs, how many carbs we need, should we be avoiding carbs, all of these questions. And I did an episode on protein a while back, and it's one of my most popular episodes. So I will link that episode on protein in the show notes if you're curious about a little bit more about protein. And I wanted to, I've had this this show about, this show, this episode about carbs on the docket for a while. And I wanted to make sure that I had time to do a little bit more research, really look into a few studies around carbs so that I could explain this to you, lay this out to you in a really clear way to help you understand, you know, what is a carb? Why do we crave carbs? Should we be avoiding carbs or not? And give you a general idea of how much carbohydrate your body might need. And so before we hop in, I want to give just a little life update. I am still in Vienna and I'm getting a little bit anxious because my trip to the United States is coming up and I have a lot of things to deal with. I'm also just feeling a little bit, I gotta say, I'm feeling a little bit kind of like a ping pong ball, like bouncing back and forth because I won't be back in Barcelona probably for at least a month. And yeah, just a lot of things are up in the air. I'm very lucky that I have my dog with me here in Vienna. I've really enjoyed getting to explore. There's so much nature here and it's such a cool, cool, cool city, but it's true that it can be pretty lonely when you're not like in your place. And sometimes that leads to having to turn to some coping mechanisms to help you manage that. And one of the things that I've been really leaning into recently, like really leaning into is journaling. And it has taken me a really long time to get into journaling. And I really started using it a little bit more right before I left Barcelona. I had kind of a lot of, a lot of anxiety, a lot of things coming up and sitting down and just like letting it flow out of my hand onto paper felt really good. And, and now I have my journal sort of in a very visible place with a pen. Some mornings I pick it up, some evenings I pick it up. And one of the things that works really well for me when it comes to journaling is not pressuring myself about journaling, not forcing myself to do it. Because when I try to force myself to do something, I usually end up rebelling and going in the other direction. (laughs) You might resonate with this. So I open it up to myself as an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I know journaling makes me feel better. I can choose to do it or I can choose not to do it. And I have to say, it's been really, really helpful in helping me sort of manage the feelings of like being a little bit unsettled. And even though I'm enjoying myself a lot here, like not having my full support system in the same physical location as me. So yeah, with that, let's move on to talking about carbohydrates. Um, Oh, and the last thing I want to say is that if you are curious at all about coaching or about what it would be like to work with me, let's say you've listened to a couple episodes and you're like, I like the way Jillian approaches these things. 
You can find a link to set up a call with me in the show notes. You can also find my Instagram if you just want to shoot me over a message and, and we can open up a conversation. And you'll also find the link to get on the list for my upcoming group coaching program, which will really help you go from more of an all or nothing thinker when it comes to your nutrition to really understanding and embodying what it looks like to be a balanced, flexible, and mindful eater, which is a really great feeling and can lead to you feeling really confident in your eating habits. So let's get some definitions out of the way first. What the heck is a carbohydrate? I think this is something that I find sometimes we're a little bit confused on this. So I want to make sure that we get very clear before we go into why we crave them. Should we avoid them, et cetera, et cetera. And so carbohydrates are essentially energy. It's our body's preferred form of energy very easy for our bodies to access energy from carbohydrates. It is one of the three macronutrients that our bodies need. So we have protein, carbohydrates, and fat are those three micronutrients, sorry, macronutrients. And there are three types of carbohydrates. We've got sugars, we've got starches, and we've got fiber. We often refer to sugars as simple carbs and starches as complex carbs. And sometimes we'll hear people say things like good and bad carbs. I'm not a huge fan of that because there isn't any inherently bad carb and there isn't any inherently good carb. There are some people that are very sensitive to high fiber intake. So if they only ate complex carbs with lots of fiber, they would feel like absolute shit. And there's some people that, but they eat a lot of simple carbs because they're athletes and they need a lot of quick digesting, uh, carbohydrate sources to give them energy to complete what they need to do for the training. It, wow, that was like weird English, but they need a lot of simple carbs to support the training that they have to do. And so we want to remember that everybody's needs are a little bit different. Ideally we're eating, you know, a good amount of complex carbs And we're probably also including some simple carbs in our diet as well. And I want to give you some examples so you can kind of conceptualize the simple carbs and complex carbs and also understand a little bit more about fiber. So simple carbs are the simplest form or very close to the simplest form of sugar. And just so you know, our bodies break any carbs that we eat. So any carbohydrates that we eat, our bodies will, will ultimately break them down into glucose, which is the very simplest form of carbohydrate, very simplest form of sugar. And so examples of simple carbs are things like sugar, candy. So like gummy bears, gummy worms, things like that, hard candies, honey, agave syrup, all simple carbs, complex carbs, you know, whole grains, beans, oats, chickpeas, legumes, fruit, vegetables, all of those are complex carbs. We find within complex carbs, we find fiber. And fiber is really, really helpful for a healthy gut, for healthy digestion. It helps contribute to feelings of fullness, feelings of satisfaction. And our bodies can't actually digest fiber. So when we eat fiber, it essentially contributes to our gut bacteria or it contributes to our poop and we end up pooping it out. So hopefully that gives you a better understanding of what a carbohydrate is. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why we crave carbohydrates. So we have both physical reasons for craving carbohydrates and mental reasons for craving carbohydrates. And physically, as we talked about before, and I think you're very clear on, our bodies need energy to survive. But those energy needs shift a little bit from day to day. It's normal for our energy needs to fluctuate. 
And that also, it makes sense because when you start to pay attention to your hunger and your fullness, you may notice that you are hungrier on different days, on at different parts of the month, depending on what your sleep is, your activity levels. It's totally normal that if you all of a sudden have a week where you're way more active, you're going to need a little bit more energy in the form of food in general, but also specifically carbohydrates. Maybe you might notice that if you're low on sleep, you might also be craving more carbohydrates. At different points in your menstrual cycle, you might be craving more carbohydrates. When you're stressed out or when you're using your brain a lot, you might notice that that shifts how much carbohydrate you actually want to eat. And often carbs are carb cravings are just a way of our body saying like, hey, friend, I need more energy. But physically, we also want to take into consideration that eating carbohydrates is satisfying for a few different reasons. So carbohydrates physically take up more space in our bellies than fat, for example. And so, you know, let's say a tablespoon of olive oil versus the equivalent in calories to carbohydrates, the equivalent to calories and carbohydrates is going to take up more space. So it actually like fills up our bellies more than the equivalent in energy that we would find in fat, which hopefully that makes sense to you. If it doesn't make sense, send me a message. I'm happy to explain. And also since some carbohydrate sources or many carbohydrate sources also provide fiber, which contributes to feelings of of being satiated or being satisfied, that leads to us physically being more satisfied with carbohydrates. So physically we want them, but eating carbs by themselves. um, And this is something that often happens, you know, we'll eat like, I don't know, we'll eat some candy or we'll eat like, we'll just snack on bread or something like that. And that can provide feelings physically, like feelings of feeling good. One of the things that you may find is that pairing those carbs with protein. So let's say instead of just having a piece of toast, you have a piece of toast with turkey, or instead of just having a cookie or a biscuit, you'll have some Greek yogurt with it. That can mitigate this feeling of like automatically feeling good, having this big burst of energy and kind of stabilize that a little bit. If you want to go more into this, Listen to, I'm going to link in the show notes. There's a really interesting episode that the Huberman, that, um, Huberman did on the Huberman lab podcast with, uh, a sugar researcher. He, re- he was, his name is Charles Zucker and he researches how sugar affects the body, why we crave sugar, et cetera, et cetera. Really interesting, quite dense. But if you want to go a little bit deeper on the science side, then definitely recommend listening to this. I think it's like a two hour podcast, but I really enjoyed it. And then on the mental side, and this is something that comes up so much, so, so, so much in the work that I do with clients, kind of on the mental side of carb cravings, there are kind of three things that come up. So one is kind of the satisfaction factor that we get mentally from eating carbohydrates. And that has a lot to do with memory, has a lot to do with experience and the way that we are brought up. We also tend to crave carbs partly out of rebellion, especially when we're heavily restricting them or we have rules around them. It's our brain's way of being like, hey, you can't tell me what to do. And then also I want to talk to you a little bit about the phenomenon of liking versus wanting, which is where mindful eating habits can be really, really helpful in helping you manage the mental side of carb cravings is understanding this concept of liking versus wanting. So on the satisfaction side, I want to just mention, and I think this is really important for us to understand, is that most of the things that we tend to crave when we're saying I'm having a carb craving 
are not necessarily just carbohydrates. So for example, let's say you're craving a plate of pasta. You're probably craving a plate of like pasta carbonara. You're not just craving a plate of like dry spaghetti, right? You are, might be craving like a brownie or a cookie, which both have oil or butter in them, as well as the sugar and flour. And so carbs and fat are this magical, magical taste combination and chips and pizza and ice cream. A lot of them are almost 50, 50 carbohydrates and fat and food manufacturers know this. This is why these foods show up in restaurants. They show up in packaging and why they're so hard to stop eating is because this combination of carbohydrates and fat is mentally and physically like a really addicting combination, but there's a lot of like mental bullshit that we layer on top that makes it hard to not just be like, well, I'm going to have a cookie and move on. And we end up eating a bunch of cookies or a bunch of pizza or a bunch of pasta or whatever that is. And this is where we get to the rebellion against restriction. And if you're anything like me, if I tell you don't do this or don't think about this, your brain is going to want to do exactly the opposite. And this is why unconditional permission to eat is so important in creating a positive relationship with food and a positive relationship with carbohydrates in general. And this is because if you tell yourself, I shouldn't be eating carbs or I shouldn't be eating cookies or I can't eat pasta, you are going to want to rebel and do exactly the opposite. And you're also going to fixate on that even more so than if I were to just be like, yeah, like eat cookies whenever the hell you want. You might eat a bunch of cookies for a couple of days and then you'd kind of get bored with it. And if you don't believe me, that is because you have never tried it. Like it is, I would say most people, most people, and this is many clients I've worked with, when we take away the restrictions around food and we focus on mindful eating habits around how food makes you feel, how food tastes, pausing and really respecting hunger and fullness, when you are quote unquote allowed to eat whatever you want, whenever you want, you tend to choose things that actually both taste good and feel good. And so I want you to also understand that you don't have to just open up the floodgates and let yourself eat whatever, whenever, all the time. You may need to start out by doing that, but you also get to run your food decisions through a filter of like, what are my goals? What are my values? How do I want to feel? And that is very different because you're letting yourself make a choice around carbs rather than having to rebel against a specific food rule. And then this brings me to something that I think is really important to keep in mind when it comes to carb cravings. And this is this idea of liking versus wanting. A carb carb craving is the wanting, but we often don't pay attention to the liking, which is the actual eating and the actual experience of the food. And so this is why we're often sitting down to eat a cookie and we're already thinking about the next cookie that we're going to eat, or we're already thinking about finishing the package before we've actually finished eating the first cookie. And this is where mindful eating habits are so important because the first bite is the best bite. The first bite is amazing. It's delicious. You taste every, everything. It's, oh, it's an experience. But the second bite is slightly less so. And the third bite, even less. But when we get really stuck in wanting mode and we don't differentiate between wanting and liking, we don't notice when the food stops being so special or when the craving is satisfied. 
we get really stuck in this, like, well, I want more of the food. And so we don't necessarily identify when we've shifted into like, well, am I still liking this process? And this can be a really, really helpful process for you. If you find yourself overeating is really looking at like, well, how present am I in the act of eating this thing? If we move on to like why we avoid carbs and why we demonize carbs so much, this is where there is like, there's some interesting truths and interesting half truths. And we tend to think a lot in the extremes rather than the middle of the road. And so one of the reasons why dropping carbs or or eliminating carbs has been so popular recently is you can see rapid weight loss when you cut out carbohydrates. And I want to be really clear that fat loss is not the same as weight loss. And so the reason why you all of a sudden cut out carbs and lose fat really, or sorry, lose weight really quickly, not lose fat, lose weight really quickly is because when we consume carbohydrates, those carbohydrates are accompanied by water. So for each gram of carbohydrates you eat, there's about three grams of water that comes with it. And so what happens is when you eliminate carbohydrates, you lose water weight, but you're not losing body fat. So that's why the the scale goes down so quickly. And when you start eating carbohydrates again, the water is going to come back into your body. And this is not a bad thing. Like it's not a bad thing to have water in your body. When we look at actual, like the actual research behind fat loss, not weight loss, fat loss, which I think is what, when most of us are cutting carbs, that's what we're, we want fat loss, but we might be achieving weight loss, which then again, as I said, when you start eating carbs again, that weight comes back, which is frustrating, right? And so studies suggest that both low fat and low carb diets, when controlled for total total calories are very similar when it comes to fat loss, which means that neither fat nor carbohydrates are the issue here. And so we don't need to be eliminating either carbohydrates or fat when we're trying to lose body fat or when we're trying to, to reach a fat loss goal. And then we also tend to avoid carbs because of the claims that, you know, sugar is bad. Sugar is this devil. We need to avoid sugar at all costs. And sugar in itself is not bad. Excessive sugar intake is associated with potential health issues. However, some sugar included in a generally balanced diet is not a health bomb. And actually trying to always avoid sugar can actually lead to the opposite effect. And so this is, for example, let's say like you do your best to stay away from ice cream. You're like, I cannot eat ice cream, too much sugar, so bad for me, blah, 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 blah. And so what happens is every so often you end up binging on ice cream or binging on cookies or whatever that is because you've been trying to avoid it. That is probably worse for both your mindset and your health then it would be to just like enjoy ice cream every so often. And there's a huge difference between drinking three Coca-Colas a day that have like 50 grams of sugar in each one. It's very different than eating just a generally balanced diet where you're eating both complex and simple carbs and maybe having, you know, an ice cream bar every couple of days. And you know what I think we should be focusing on instead of demonizing sugar is instead of thinking about like, what can I cut out? Like, let's look at how we can, maintain a healthy fiber intake. According to a study done in 2017, 
only 5% of people in the United States are reaching fiber intake recommendations. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. And another reason why we avoid carbs is because we think that avoiding carbs is going to reduce carb cravings. And while for some people that can work, it can, I, what I've noticed is that in many cases that it's actually the absolute opposite. And like keto people, if you're a keto person or a low carb person, you're die hard, whatever, don't come for me. This is my podcast. You can listen or not listen if you choose. And I want to tell you like, yeah, you can live without carbs, but if you don't want to live without carbs, like why would you, why would you force yourself to do that? The problem again, the problem is excessive carbohydrate or sugar, sugar intake, not carbohydrates or sugar intake in and of itself. And I do want to note, like there are specific reasons that you might want to avoid carbohydrates. And those are fairly rare occasions in which you actually do need to eliminate or reduce carbohydrates for a medical reason. And you hear a lot of talk on social media around like insulin resistance, type two diabetes onset. And this is outside of my scope of practice as a nutrition coach. So I'm not going to pretend that I am an expert on specific conditions that may or may not benefit from a reduction or a management of your carbohydrate intake. And that is something that instead of getting your information from the internet or from Instagram, please go speak to someone that is a licensed professional, like a doctor or a registered dietitian that is licensed to practice medical nutrition therapy. That is going to be a lot more helpful for you if you, if you suspect like, hey, I might have one of these conditions or I might need to specifically reduce carbohydrate or really be very strict about my sugar intake, talk to someone that is licensed in this instead of getting your information from like tidbits on the internet. But I will say this, that research suggests, suggests that the issues that are associated with things like type two diabetes and other issues that may be associated with needing to reduce or manage carbohydrate intake, research suggests that this is more related to low fiber intake and excessive carbohydrate intake coupled with lack of exercise rather than simply you eat carbs. It's more coupled with the extreme end of very low to no exercise. So a sedentary lifestyle, very low fiber intake, low to no fiber intake and excessive carb intake. Just throwing that out there. And so we might want to go to, well, how much carbohydrate do you actually need? And assuming we're going to assume that most of the people that listen to this podcast are female, most of you that are listening are somewhat active and you're probably going to need more carbs than the internet. Internet tells me, tells you that you do for most women, women, if you are like measuring your carb intake, it's going to be anywhere from about 150 grams of carbohydrates to 300 plus grams of carbohydrates a day. And that is including starches, sugars, fiber, all of those different types of carbs. And no matter what type of carbohydrates you eat, fruit, rice, bread, pasta, et cetera, your body is going to break those carbs down into glucose, the simplest form of sugar. And as mentioned earlier, some of those are already closer to this form, which means your body can access the energy in sugar, for example, a lot more quickly than it can access the energy in a piece of like whole grain bread which the whole grain bread also has some fiber and it has a little bit of protein. So some carbs, easier access for your body. Some are less easy access. 
This is also associated with why some foods are going to fill you up for longer and why some foods leave you hungry again really quickly. So for example, you eat a piece of bread on its own. You might get some energy, but might not fill you up for very long. Eat some bread with peanut butter, which is fat, or eat some bread with a piece of turkey on top, which is protein. And all of a sudden you are more full for a longer period of time. If you need help with this, go back and listen. I think it's episode 40. I'm going to link it in the show notes. I think it's 46, which is the episode on snacking. And I want to just note something really, really interesting. It may potentially blow your mind. Your brain alone needs approximately 120 grams of carbohydrates per day. That is just under, for you to visualize that, that is just under three full cups of cooked white rice. That is just your brain to function, not including all the other stuff you do in a day. And so I'm speaking directly to the woman who is a bit scared of carbs, feels like she should be restricting them or limiting the amount of carbs that you eat. And maybe you're a little bit confused about how to include them in a healthy way. And so if you do not want to weigh and measure your food or count your carbohydrates, you don't need to do that. You can, if you'd like to get a little bit of a better handle on how many carbs you're eating or how, if you're getting enough carbohydrates in the day, you can use your cupped hand to measure them. And for most women, you're going to need a minimum. This is a minimum of four to six servings of this, of a cupped handful of starchy carbohydrates per day and around 25 grams or more of fiber per day. So this is like cooked pasta, cooked rice. Uh, chickpeas, bread, all of those things. And this is a minimum. Many of you that are listening to this are going to need more than that. And if you want to keep it simple, include carbs in your main meals at the very least, approximately a quarter plate at a minimum, and aim to pair carbs with other nutrients. I really love um, something that I heard Sohi Lee, who is at Sohi Fit on Instagram, She talks a lot about an ad don't restrict mentality. And I absolutely love that. I think she verbalizes something that I do with my clients and have been doing for a long time. And this is to see what we can add to our nutrition to make us feel more satisfied instead of cutting things out. And so what that can look like is like, hey, I really want to eat a cookie. So I'm going to have that with some yogurt. So it's more filling. I'd like to eat some chips. So I'm going to have those alongside my lunch as my carbohydrate and a little bit of fat source. And so you're eating foods that you might have demonized before. It's like, Ooh, this is a bad carb, but you're pairing it with something that actually feels satisfying. And it can be easily a part of a perfectly balanced meal. And so I want to go into actionable tips before we wrap up. And so if you are not sure if you're eating a decent amount of carbohydrates, maybe you suspect, Hey, there's something off because you're either hungry all the time, you're constantly craving carbs, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you're super low energy. Keep a food diary or observe your carb intake over the next week or so. My clients do this through a photo food diary so we can get some visuals on this. And ask yourself, like, am I intentionally including a minimum of four to six cupped hand servings of cooked carbohydrates in my day? And if not, and you're noticing carb cravings or you're low on energy, or maybe you're just grumpy, Maybe that's why if you're looking for personal recommendations and really want to figure out what works best for your body, an online calculator or my fitness pal, I'm not a huge fan, not a huge fan because those things don't take into consideration that you are a human 
And this is why working with a coach, working with a nutritionist or dietitian, they take into consideration your needs as a human and all of the things that is going on in your life, instead of just some numbers and doing a specific calculation, which can be really, really helpful when you're trying to nail down, like how much food do I actually need to eat? Second actionable tip, think of all carbohydrates as acceptable options for you to include in meals and aim to pair those carbohydrates with a minimum of one other macronutrient. So either protein or fat, when you have a snack and when you have a meal aim to get protein, carbs, fat, and fiber, usually in the form of vegetables or a higher fiber carbohydrate source when you have a meal. And so for example, again, another example here, I'm a big toast fan. I love some toast. And so I will often include a delicious piece of sourdough toast as my carb source in my lunch or in my breakfast. I will have in, if you like that, you can choose to pair that maybe with some soup that has a bunch of veggies in it. So you've got your fiber in there. And then maybe you've got some salmon, which is some protein and you've got olive oil, you know, in the soup and cooked with the salmon. And so you've got your fat, your protein, your carbs. Maybe you love cookies. And so you can have a few cookies alongside some Greek yogurt or a few slices of turkey or a couple hard boiled eggs. This is going to really help you feel more satisfied and stay fuller for longer. And the last thing here is I want to remind you that starting to practice mindful eating habits is going to be so helpful in giving yourself the space to choose how much and what you eat. A lot of the time we reach for comfort foods, things that we've associated with comfort tend to be a lot of carbohydrate and fat-based things out of habit. So popcorn when we're watching Netflix, a cookie or a chocolate or something sweet after a meal. And so I want you to start giving yourself time to pause and check in. Is it a habit to just grab something carby or are you actually reacting to something else like an uncomfortable emotion or are you truly hungry and you need to be including carbohydrates in your meals for satisfaction. Again, you can always join my mindful eating mini course to get started with this. That's an amazing way to start familiarizing yourself and getting comfortable with mindful eating habits. And some of the feedback I've heard from this is that this has been a shift for people that have gone through the course. It's been a shift in how they approach meals so that they feel so much more calm and present while they're eating and feel like they actually can start practicing unconditional permission to eat. If you'd like a hand in starting to change your mindset around carbs and really become flexible and confident in choosing what and how much you eat, and then not feel like you're constantly either on or off the wagon, stupid wagon, the wagon's so annoying. This is where the confident eater is. So that's my group coaching course. That is going to be really helpful in, in helping you really start to dig into mindful eating habits, help you get simple balanced meals on your plate consistently and how to create a better relationship with carbs and overall with food in general. So you're going to find a bunch of links in the show notes to join the mindful meat eating mini course. If you choose to, to, um, to join the interest list for the next cohort of the confident eater to set up a call with me. If you're like, Hey, I'd like to work with you, or I'm curious about working with you, but I don't know where to go first. All of that stuff is going to be in the show notes. And with that, thank you so much for being here. This has been a very dense podcast episode. I would love to hear your feedback on this and would love to hear if you have any questions or if you need any clarification on anything I've mentioned. And I will see you again in the next episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast.